They're prominent, they're successful, and some are more than a little controversial. They're real South Africans on face-to-face with success. Brought to you by real people with real solutions. Nashua, saving you time, saving you money, putting you first. This is Face to Face with Success. I'm Charlotte Kilbane. This time, we're introducing you to a man who arrived in South Africa with just 500 rand to his name. 16 years later, he's the owner of three thriving businesses that employ over 100 South Africans. His name is Godfrey Madanire. I meet Godfrey on a sunny Cape Town morning at the gracious Mount Nelson Hotel. It's a million miles from where his South African story started. He had trained as a teacher in Zimbabwe. He was employed and relatively stable, but Godfrey wanted more. So he headed south for the bright lights and economic prospects of Johannesburg. I had a friend that I studied with at the same university, and he told me a lot of good things about South Africa. He came through here, and in two weeks' time, he got a job to teach music at one school. So he then encouraged me to say, come through. When I got to Johannesburg, things were different, because I then realized that uh, my friend lost the job that uh, he thought he got. When I got to Johannesburg, he then directed me to go to Deep Sloot where he was staying. When I got into his house, I was shocked because I then realized that it's not what I expected. He was staying at the back of someone's house. You know, he didn't even have anything. There was no food in the house. His wife was sick, sleeping on the floor. He didn't even have a bed. And then I was stuck. And uh, fortunately, on that same day, my other friend that we started with arrived as well. So now at least I had someone to share with, you know. I remember I had 500 runs in my pocket. I took part of that money. We bought groceries because there was no food. He didn't even have salt, you know. There was nothing. We bought food and then I gave him some money. I remember I gave him 30 runs for him to take his, uh, his wife to, uh, to the nearest clinic so that she can be attended to. And then we started looking for jobs. Instead of packing up and going home, Godfrey decided to tough it out and make his decision work. He landed a job as a door-to-door insurance salesman and for the first time was confronted with the reality of being an African immigrant in South Africa. You know, I was used to being in a classroom, you know, standing in front of the kids, they respect you and all that. But now all of a sudden I was in a different country, out of my comfort zone, in a way here to walk up the streets, go into those flats in Hillbrook. And, um, you know, you speaking to people in English and they're looking at you, they're expecting you to speak to them in Zulu or Tswana or Sutu. You don't know any of the local languages. And when they pick up the accent to say you are a foreign national, then, you know, they are skeptical. You can imagine you're talking of insurance products where you're expecting people to give you their banking details and the like, and they think you are up to some crime. So it was a bit difficult, you know. We were really out of our depth. But I kept on, I kept on pushing. I remember my friend that I started with, you know, Towards uh, the end of the school days, he gave up and he went back home. And I remember he used to tell me, Godfrey, I'll go and tell your mother that you studied, went to university so that you can come and walk up and down the streets trying to sell some insurance. <laughs> you know, it was, uh, it was very difficult to deal with. But, you know, a part of the reason why I didn't want to go back is because I didn't want to, to be defeated. I was thinking about my friends, my colleagues, you know, they knew that I went to South Africa. And if they see me coming back, then they would look at me as a failure. So I wanted to prove a point to myself, to my friends, to my family. So I kept on going, you know, doing that insurance job. And uh, I started growing. I was then offered an opportunity to become a branch manager, come to Cape Town and open a branch. That's how I came to, to Cape Town to open a branch for that company. I worked for them until I ended up being a regional manager, managing about 11 of their branches. That was in 2006 when I then decided to 
to resign and start on my own business. Once again, Godfrey had taken a big risk. His new endeavor, Dreamworld Promotions, centered on his own story. He wanted to use the lessons he had learned to motivate others. From my own story, I learned that you know dreams can become a reality if you work on them. So I thought I can pass on this message to other people, inspire them so that they don't give up. Because I realize there's a lot of people that have potential, but they sit on that potential and they never get to realize their dreams. I was a bit scared, I must admit, but I felt you know, I, I needed uh, something from inside. Kept on telling me that I was born for something bigger. You know, it is that desire, you know, to win, that desire to make something big out of my own life. You know, Napoleon Hill says, you know, it, um, it all starts with the desire, and it is the desire to win. It is the desire to, you know, to break rules, not break rules as in a disregard of something that is right, but, um, you know, breaking rules in terms of standards, breaking rules in terms of uh, stereotypes, you know, what is normal, and you want to go out there and do what is extraordinary. I felt, you know, I had it in me, you know, to do that. And I also felt, you know, it is an opportunity for me to help uh, many more people than the number of people that I, I was helping then. In, a, in my uh, role as a regional manager for this company. So I went for it. It's a challenge you know, that drove me to say, you know, I need to prove a point, not to, not to anyone, but to myself. A lot of people come to me and they ask me, you know, what do you need to have you know, for you to become a speaker, for example? And I always tell them, you need to have a story to tell. So I, I felt at that point I had a story to tell. And it's important for me to share this story you know, with other people. If I can help a handful of people change the way they look at things because of my story, then I would have, uh, I would have achieved a lot. That kind of achievement, in my opinion, is priceless. You can't attach any monetary value to it. You know, it's something that you feel inside. His motivational speaking brand has expanded, and he now owns a guest lodge and, believe it or not, a car hire company. The notion of thinking big is a recurring theme as we chat. I think it starts with a dream. I'm obsessed when it comes to, to dreams, you know. That's why my business is called Dreamworld. You know, I've got a lodge that I opened recently in, uh, in the Northern Cape. It's also called, you know, the Dream Lodge. You know, I've got a business called Dream Car Hire. You know, I've got a son called Dreams. That's how crazy I am when it comes to dream. I think, you know, yes, you know, we, uh, people talk about, you know, about, about dreams, you know, about wanting to do something with their lives, you know, uh, and I think that's the main reason why I am today. If I didn't have a dream, you know, I think I should have settled for being the average. You know, I was okay, you know, if you talk about when I was working for that company, I was okay when I was a teacher in Zimbabwe, you know, but my dream could not give me you know, peace. I could not rest because of what I had inside. You know, I went through to the Northern Cape because I was doing uh, life coaching workshops. Then I spotted this lodge and I saw potential in the lodge. But what I want ultimately is to slowly turn that lodge into a life coaching center where I can host people coming through for three days, for a week, you know, and we have a life coaching workshop. By the time they move or, or they walk out of that lodge, you know, they're looking at life differently. Well, we have also have a, a dream car hire, which is um, we have a fleet of uh, you know BMWs, and uh, we normally do we, people hire 
and they want to have parties or people, they want to drive around in luxury. We also have people that, um, like your metric students, they hire these cars so that they can go for their metric balls. We're hoping that, you know, when they jump into that car and they have that smooth ride on that day, you know, they start dreaming to say, one day I want to own this and start working hard on their studies. If one child one day can achieve greatness because of that ride, then who will they have reached our goal? From struggling Zimbabwean immigrant with 500 bucks to his name, to entrepreneur with three thriving businesses and big plans to boot. Sounds like a success story to me, but Godfrey sees it differently. I want to believe, you know, uh, success is, uh, is not a destination. You know, we'll never say we've arrived. What I'm enjoying is the process. What I'm enjoying is the value that I'm adding in other people's lives. So I'll be lying if I tell you that, you know, I got to a certain point where I felt I arrived. You know, but yes, you know, I, at times I feel like I'm adding some value, you know, which is, uh, I mean, Albert Einstein says, you know, don't strive to be a man of success, but be a man of value. And for me, that's what I pursue. You've been listening to Face to Face with Success, produced for Prime Media Broadcasting by Amagi Media. Join us next time for more stories of success. They're prominent, they're successful, and some are more than a little controversial. They're real South Africans on Face to Face with Success. Brought to you by real people with real solutions. Nashua, saving you time, saving you money, putting you first. Find more real success stories at thesolutionslab.co.za.